I don't even know how to start it. <laughs> um, They're welcome. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're okay. here. All right, here we go. Uh, do we we say original remake in the in the intro, right? I think so. Okay, because I, I don't want to keep repeating it. Okay. Clearly, we're fans of our own show. We're <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Now, hold on to yourselves. There's one more thing. A terrible presence is in there with her. From my experience, this doesn't seem to be a classic haunting. What you have here is probably closer to a poltergeist intrusion. So much rage, so much betrayal. I've never sensed anything like it. I don't know what hovers over this house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world take your dog away from you ghosts usually appear as harmless apparitions whereas poltergeist they're noisy they lash out they're violent they move objects it keeps caroline very close to it and away from the spectral light it lies to her it says things only a child can understand it has been using her to restrain the others. To her, it simply is another child. To us, it is the beast. It comes, and then it can just suddenly go away. And take Maddie with it? Greetings and welcome to our show. We're here. I, uh, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be here with the flat screen and not the older equipment that was used in, I don't know, what century was that, Peter? It was a small TV too, you know, and I, and I kind of even noticed how their TV didn't have like, it, it wasn't sat on a TV stand, mm-hmm. um, which is something I completely forgot was a thing. You know, even this flat screen, which is much larger, was, was even, you know, sat on, mm-hmm. a, on a on a short TV stand. So yeah, it was uh, interesting times. So for this uh, this episode, we're going to be obviously talking Poltergeist, which uh, this being a new podcast, it's kind of new for us that this is something that came out in theaters uh, this previous weekend. So this is something that we'll be doing occasionally whenever Hollywood, which I'd say most people would say, unfortunately, they remake things too often, but. Uh, this will be the first, I think, in the maybe the last one for this summer. I don't think we have another remake coming up this summer, so uh, it'll be back to the, the old catalog after this. I think you know, um, you know better than I, because I, I don't really look too far ahead in time unless it's just something I see in a trailer. But Mike, I mean, if if Hollywood stopped making remakes, we wouldn't have this great podcast. Keep you know, making for- them, then keep being <laughs> exactly. unoriginal, so we, we can keep being unoriginal and keep talking exactly. about it. That's right. Okay, well, you've uh, mentioned that we are reviewing Poltergeist today. Uh, the 1982 uh, Poltergeist, it uh, follows a family um, who lives in like the suburbs of California. And they are, well, they slowly start finding out that, uh, I don't know, they, it, the plot basically focuses on a family whose home is invaded by malevolent ghosts. That uh, abduct the family's younger daughter. You know, she disappears, and um, they try to get her back throughout the movie. Uh, it, yeah, it's sorry, I forgot to mention that it is directed by uh, Toby Hooper, um, mm-hmm. uh, produced by Steven Spielberg, which uh, was definitely a big deal back at the time. Uh, you got uh, Mister Incredible as uh, Stephen Freeling. Um, some people know him as Craig T. Nelson or Coach. Coach. Uh, 
coach, uh, Joe Beth Williams. I'm not too familiar with, um, maybe just not by name, but she plays Diane Freeling. Uh, Heather O'Rourke uh, plays Carrie Ann Freeling, which I guess she also goes on to play the same character in the next two sequels, too. Uh, Dominic Dunn uh, plays Dana, the older sister. Oliver Robbins as the brother Robbie. And Zelda Rubinstein as Tangina Behrens. Um, that's pretty much your main characters from the 1982 movie. The 2015 version, which is a new release, doesn't stray too far from that premise. We have a family who, in this one, has moved into a house. I believe in the older one, they had been there for some time. And so this one kind of reboots it and keeps it fresh um, by having the characters pretty much discovering the house itself. I mean, as as long or about the same time as the audience does. Uh, they're they're moving in their boxes. We have uh, in this case the the son, which in the previous film uh, was pretty much just there to scream. He's kind of our entry point to the audience. Uh, he's the one that does most of the investigation of the house. He's the first one to see uh, evidence of the hauntings. Uh, but uh, he is played by uh, Kyle Catlett, who I'm not familiar with, and probably won't be familiar with most of the child actors here. But uh, we have Sam Rockwell, who I am a huge fan of, and Peter knows that, who is playing Eric Bowen. He is playing the father in this family, and Rosemary DeWitt is playing the mother. I'd say the key change as far as casting goes with the character of Kerrigan, who will play the paranormal expert here. And so they, they changed that to a, a male character, and he is played by Jared Harris, most famously for me, uh, known from Mad Men but also playing the villain in the second Sherlock Holmes movie. So uh, not a lot to deviate as far as plot, but they just kind of switched some of the characters around and some of their importance, and that's what me and Peter are going to get into today. Yeah, this is true. I I really like um, uh, Jared Harris as uh, Lane Price. This movie's very good. And uh, it's really different to see him in this role, too, and I kind of like it. I I didn't see the second Sherlock, but... um, I I want to say this is probably our third or fourth Sam Rockwell film together. Another it needs to be many more. I, I see another podcast <laughs> in our future just on Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely good, uh, and we'll we'll kind of get into um, you know our thoughts about him here. But uh, how what kind of history do you have with the original 1982 Poltergeist? This will maybe offend some of our our listeners or maybe they're just offended that we would even cover uh, a poltergeist remake because in researching this and seeing some of the chatter online i didn't realize this was seen as such a classic i definitely had experience with it as a child i want to say i saw it like when i was in middle school or something probably like you know 11 or 12 and i think my parents introduced it to me just like one of those like friday nights like go to the movie store and rent a movie and it really even in revisiting it and i think this goes for the new one as well being a pg-13 horror film uh, the old one is kind of like a a horror film for for kids and i don't mean that in demeaning way it's just that there's not a lot of gore uh, there's no sex there's really nothing you know especially foul about it you could have it on for like a slumber party of kids and it's almost like a horror movie with training wheels Uh, now I enjoyed it when I was a kid, but it was not something that stuck with me that I would revisit and go back to over and over. So I believe I'd only seen it the one time uh, and did enjoy it. So I I was coming into the uh, the remake, um, I guess, with open arms. I, I did not feel like this, they were uh, you know stepping on hallowed ground, much like the, the characters in the film here. What about yourself? Oh, I have quite a history with this one. I watched it <laughs> last night for the first time. So you were pissed about the remake, right? You were just horrified by it. Um, <laughs> pissed? I wouldn't say pissed. I, I was underwhelmed. Um, you know, uh, dropping my show a little early here, um, Hydrate Level 4, I did like a 13-minute, you know, thoughts on the movie. Basically, um, I don't want to spoil that, but I kind of just go over whether or not I recommend watching it in the theater. Um, that's pretty much it. 
I'm a terrible friend and a podcast buddy here. I, I actually purposely skipped over that episode because I did not want to spoil our recording here today. I want to be completely surprised by your take on it. So I'll, I'll have to listen to that after this recording. Oh, yeah, no problem. I mean, it, I, I didn't expect anybody to uh, – I didn't expect, yeah, anybody that was going to be reviewing either the original or the new one to listen to that anyway. Um, but I did give a disclaimer that I had not seen the original yet, and people were definitely uh, curious how I was going to compare the two. I go, wait until you uh, listen to the original remake podcast then. <laughs> um, That's what we're here but, for. Exactly. So, I mean, this being our second episode and uh, the uh, Poltergeist 2015 obviously being a remake, there's no history behind that. But did you watch this on opening night? Yeah, I saw this uh, Thursday night. Um, I didn't see the first showing, uh, which kind of bugged me on the East Coast. It put me back about an hour because I didn't realize that the remake was going to be released in 3D. And so as I was buying my ticket, I was kind of I was put out because I had to wait an hour to to see it because i had to wait for the 2d version because i just i could not imagine buying a 3d ticket and uh after seeing the remake it became clear why it wasn't 3d i don't think it's worth it i don't know if you touched upon that in your podcast but i guess one of the main differences and it's not really in our show notes or our outline so we can go ahead and get into it um is that they they go into the the world of i guess the poltergeist whereas in the mm-hmm. original it's just left to this like light in the closet and you just you know that people can go through there and you know they can come out like through the you know the first floors uh, in between the sort of in between space that the, the ghosts sort of reside in this in this version i'll give them credit they they clearly were like okay we're gonna like show more because we have to separate ourselves from the original I do right. think that it, it removes a lot of the tension because whenever people in the original walk into that closet, whether it's to go, whether it's a child or whether it's to go save the, the young girl, you're you're scared because you have no idea what's going on in there or if they're ever going to come out again. In this version, I guess it's scary. I mean, it didn't really do much for me. It just looks like a really dark sort of underwater kind of floating world uh, with a lot of hands and scary things. But uh, I guess that's that's why it's in 3D. But, yeah, I, I did see it open tonight. I just did not get the full 3D experience that they were, they were selling. I don't know if it's worth it. Probably not. But you do see a lot more with this this new one. I Yeah, I watched it in regular 2D, and I don't think it was worth it to watch, um, watch it in 3D. And I'm not going to spoil what I said exactly. Yeah, I'll go ahead. I, I <laughs> I said don't don't pay for the 3D in the theater, um, you know, because it's it like you said it, it's most of the supernatural stuff, and it's not like throughout the movie. Um, so I, I don't I don't think there was really a purpose to to watch it in 3D. But um, I watched it. Let me see. Luckily for me, I think the um, the show times were only a half hour apart. So I think 3D was at 10, and then 2D was at 10:30. So I was like, I'll just wait the half an hour. I've been burnt before by not um, being certain on exactly what uh, version I'm going to go watch. Because I had seen Furious 7 already, um, I think, with a buddy. And then my kids wanted to go watch it, so I took them to a showing. And the one I, um, I had planned to go see when we got there... You know, when they gave us the total for the ticket prices, I go, why is it so high? It's only three of us, not four. And they go, oh, it's the uh, Extreme HD, or right? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's, you get different sort of like, it's almost like fake IMAX like prices. They'll give you like, oh, it's on the biggest screen with the best sound system, that, that sort of thing. I think it's called like RPX here. Yeah, I was not happy. And I think it was, <laughs> it was like over an hour to, um, for the regular 2D and... And uh, even with the you know my military discount like a dollar off, it was just it was still like thirteen bucks for me. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was not happy. So since then, I, I you know made sure that whatever showing I had planned to go watch it in was you know the version I want to see, just regular two D. I I'm not a big, um, uh, well, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not a big cinephile where it doesn't matter to me because depending on the movie, it it actually might you know for Star Wars, I. I uh, would probably want to watch it in the best way possible. Um, you know, we, we won't go into that, but um, when I went to go watch 
the the remake, there was uh, I walked in, I went by myself, nobody wanted to go, and there was only one other couple that was in there when I walked in. It's a bad sign. It, it is, and then the best seat in the house happened to be in front of them. Unfortunately, I didn't want I didn't want anybody to be behind me <laughs> uh, during a scary movie, but um, you know whatever. And then right before the trailer started, uh, two men uh, walked in. So so there was a total of five of us on opening night. But to be fair, the movie theater I go to um, isn't extremely busy. It's not the most popular one because it's kind of slightly on the outside of Portland. And it's actually a, it's, it's a big theater. I mean, they have like 14 screens and they're all pretty good size. But I go there because it's not busy. So I would be curious to find out like the busier ones that were showing it, like what kind of turnout it was. What was your turnout like? It was, uh, it was full except the, the first like two rows up like right against the screen. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was full. I mean, I was, I, I came in and it was, uh, yeah, just getting probably a little inside baseball for our listeners, but the theater I go to has just recently started doing a signed seating, uh, which is, is kind of cool, but it ends up just taking a long time to like get through the line. And I was, mm. <laughs> uh, I saw it with uh, my buddy Shane, my co-host on War Machine vs. War Horse, uh, which you can find uh, on followingfilms.com and check us out on Twitter at War Machine Horse. Download every episode, please, right now. Um, <laughs> All 150 uh, of them. Yeah, that would be great for our monthly numbers. Uh, but. Yeah, the the line just because people are so confused by like what seat number they're gonna get, and they just take a long time really like deliberating on it. And then I get in there, and my seat was taken by somebody. So I'm like, you know, it doesn't even really matter. Like I didn't care. I just sat in another seat. But I was just like, yeah, for all this you know time it takes to get there, uh, it doesn't. You know, it's just chaos. It's anarchy in there. And I uh, I think I had been podcasting prior, and so I was in a rush, and I went to the. Uh, subway place right there in the same parking lot as the theater and bought myself a little six inch sub a bag of chips a cookie and a drink and since it's warm weather here in kentucky i was trying to sneak all that in with just a t-shirt and jeans on (laughs) and was doing so rather successfully until it took so long to get in because people were were deliberating what seats and i'm juggling like i've basically cannot move my hands because i've got stuff stuck in between my arms and under my shirt and uh so my buddy shane was making fun of me so i guess by the time I get in there, I really enjoyed the remake just because I was just happy to be sitting down eating my Subway sandwich. I was glad I wasn't caught. I was glad I had a seat in a dark room. Um, I by no means think this is something like when I was telling my girlfriend asked me about it, like, do you enjoy it? Is it something I should go see? I resoundly said no because not that it was bad, but this is just not something that unless we were doing it for this podcast, you would ever rush out on an opening night and go see. It's pretty forgettable like i enjoyed it it was sort of like a light you know afternoon matinee type watch mm-hmm. uh but this is something that if it came out on netflix i think it's mildly entertaining um i don't think it is insulting to the original but no this is uh, if we were not doing it for the podcast this would not have been something that i i would have seen opening night especially trying to smuggle in food and uh feeling very nervous about it yeah i, I agree with you um Except for I wouldn't have been as polite, you know, if somebody was sitting in my seat. I, I'd pull a Superman 2 and say, excuse me, sir, I think you're in my seat. Uh, <laughs> the problem I had was, okay, we're doing a signed seating. Do I wrap this guy out while I'm smuggling in chips, a cookie, oh, right. and food? I'm like, man, <laughs> of all times. Uh, but I end up getting a seat by Shane, who I didn't know he was going to that showing. And so I saw him down in like a uh, like the kind of a front row type thing like the first one at the the bottom of the stadium and so i was like oh cool i'll just go sit by shane he's got a better seat anyway so it worked out funny if you were just standing there all nonchalant like you know chewing on your sub a uh, usher (laughs) there's a guy in my seat what are you gonna do about it (laughs) Um, i could have i could have played that card really put out that i didn't have the appropriate seating area to eat my meal you know yeah having to eat standing up so um, it, it sounds like, okay, I, I guess we already kind of went over uh, what order. Well, not, not not so much for you, but I kind of already mentioned that I watched the original last night. So, um, and, you know, I, I guess listeners don't know the exact time frame, but I saw the remake about four days ago. 
um, and then the original last night for the very first time. So I've only seen both movies uh, the one time. Um, the purpose for that is because, you know, knowing the little I knew about the original, I didn't want to watch that first, enjoy it, and then go watch the remake and feel, you know, that much more disappointed. Um, and when I say disappointed, I don't mean that I was, you know, I guess I already mentioned that I wasn't pissed off with the movie. I mean, like you said, it was kind of, it was just a light remake. Um, you know, they didn't stray too far from, from the plot. Yeah. Obviously some differences we'll get into. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just didn't want to like it too much and then just be like, man, this, this remake is just utterly crap, you know? So uh, but it would have been interesting, you know, because then I'd just be tearing down the, the remake. I don't know. Um, yeah, I watched them back to back. I went, um, I watched the original earlier that day and probably only had like maybe an hour in between them and one ending and going to the theater to see the next. So I, I had a pretty clear take on it. And normally I don't like to do that, but for the purpose of this podcast, it sort of helped me pick out the smaller differences uh i would say for a normal person who does not a podcast like ourselves i would not recommend it because it it would probably ruin the experience of one or the other if you're watching them like so close together uh the 1982 version has uh, many iconic moments um and the 2015 version kind of replaces that with you know the, the reality show and you know the, the flat screen but also in the um in the remake they're moving to this new neighborhood right mm-hmm. in the original the, the family has already been living in this house and i feel that they uh the remake try to play up more of the the electrical uh, interferences from all those electrical towers mm-hmm. right from from that area and i don't think that was the, the case in the original right no the uh the original you get the sense that things were fairly normal until this uh not necessarily this one night but that the family was well adjusted there and happy um until the little girl starts talking to the television after it's gone off for the day um i would say that the remake as with a lot of things they sort of speed through it i do think it's like 20 minutes shorter than the original Mm -hmm. and they you know, in some respects, that's kind of that's kind of nice because if they're, it's like they're aware that yes, we are a remake and we're remaking a famous movie. You already know some of this stuff, so they kind of they just get to it. Uh, I would say that the the most character building you get is them moving in. That's just where we learn about their situation. That they've kind of been forced financially to to move to this new house, and so the question there is, you know, how long how long has this house been sort of troubled? Whereas in the, at least in the original, we think that it's been mostly fine until this moment, until we start watching them. I I would say with the remake, we have no idea if the, if there's been weird stuff going on, especially if the house was empty. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. The, the decisions that they made to, or I guess, how do I phrase this? It was just interesting. The, um, like the stuff that they did change, like what was the purpose of it? Um, you know, for example, like the, the family moving in, you know, now, now it's making it more like, yeah, was it a haunted house? Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't know, you know, what's been going on because in both movies, they have that scene where they explain the difference between a haunting and a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And uh, a haunting, you know, it, it could be forever, and it could be just that house. Um, you know, in a poltergeist, it, it, it's usually amongst the living, right? That mm-hmm. all these things happen. Um, so, I don't know. It, it was just kind of different. Um, Did you find yourself questioning as far as the prior, like, ownership of the house with the remake? As as if, if they like knew anything was going on. I guess that's another thing too. They they only focus on this family. Uh, the was it the Griffins? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, in the in the remake, in the original, at least we get neighbors. You know, um, <laughs> you get the in, well, going back to the the technology. 
there, the changes. We have a battle between two neighbors living right on top of each other, and the remote control changes the TV to both houses, which I assume is not something that would happen in 2015. No, because if you're sharing cable, you don't have to be on the same channel. But that was that seems really funny in the original for me. They um, were Craig T. Nelson. He has a bunch of friends over. And is it just a, a regular football game? It's not a Super Bowl, was no, it? No, it looks like it's just like an Eagles game, I assume, by the okay. colors they were wearing. I think it was just a regular Sunday afternoon football game. Yeah, so so they're watching the football, and then uh, the the neighbor who's um, I think owns the cable. He's you know his his kids want to watch like Mister Robinson, right? Or Mister Rogers? Mister Rogers, yeah. Mister Robinson's from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Um, and then Craig D. T. Nelson's like, okay, well, let me go talk to this guy. And so they're battling back and forth trying to switch the channels. And I just thought that was really comical as a uh, you know Craig T. Nelson kind of like slowly you know walks into his house backwards still clickety clicking his remote um so i mean so that was fun but so i don't know i I guess with the whole uh the original showing all the neighbors it kind of also shows that it it seems to be just that one house Mm -hmm. and the remake again is just it's just a family because we don't get to see anybody else around the neighborhood i mean we we do like towards the end of the movie i'm thinking where have those people been and have things been going on for them because in both movies it's um, the one thing that doesn't change is is that it it was a burial ground. You know, they mm-hmm. they just moved all the the, um, the headstones, and so all the bodies were still there. Well, the the biggest difference as far as the interaction with the uh, community in the neighborhood is that in the 2015 version, the Bowens, uh, the name of the family in this one, they go to a dinner party, and the neighbors, in a very rude way, are just openly talking about how they would sort of never live in that neighborhood like that community or that subdivision because they they tell them what craig t nelson doesn't discover until you know the third act of the original that it was on uh, a graveyard and that they you know they supposedly moved the bodies but you know as we find out later they did not so that's that's one thing i give my you know tip of the cap to on the remake is that if you have any idea about the original, maybe if you were just seeing the remake for the first time, it kind of lets the cow out of the bag early because I really like that reveal in the original. Like he's, he's standing up on a hillside, uh, basically with his boss and they're talking mm-hmm. about developing more land. And that's when his boss sort of lets it out. Like, Oh, you know, we'll just move this, this cemetery again. And he's like, what do you mean again? And that's when he realizes his house was on a burial ground and, um, but as far as the remake goes, if they expect you to have any sort of, uh, idea of the original, that, that would not have been a cool reveal anyway, cause you've already seen it. You already know what's, what the reason is for the poltergeist. So I, I kind of appreciate that as a film fan that they just don't, they don't try to hold that as some big twist because it's already out there. Right. And more on the, the reveal in the original, I kind of liked how they're on that hilltop and, you know, he's just walking around some fences and. You know the the um, the boss here. I, I I know the actor, but I don't know his name. But um, you know he's trying to convince uh, Craig T. Nelson's character. Just yeah, you know we we want to build a house here for you. You know stay with the company, et cetera, et cetera. And then they kind of um, you know show us a different shot, and then it's it's a, it's a graveyard, it's a cemetery. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like oh wow, you know this. Uh, I don't think construction would be on something like that now because I, I think more uh, in the modern times people are concerned about you know um disturbing a gravesite. Mm-hmm. i mean but i was kind of I, I was kind of i don't know I, I i don't know about back in the 80s if that was a thing too if they just i i, I don't know if that's ever come up you know where they're not concerned mm-hmm. um because i i keep thinking about like pearl harbor you know n- nobody ever wants to disturb you know the um, the ships that went down mm-hmm. there because it is you know essentially a gravesite now. Um, so I, I just so that that was really weird, but I think that was kind of nice writing. But in the remake, I, I do like how that they have no ties to this neighborhood and them finding it out this way. Uh, but I, I guess having that in the remake when they're finding it out at that dinner party, 
um, this goes into the differences uh, in the two movies is that they come home from this dinner party and then they're seeing everything happen mm-hmm. uh, to the family, to the kids, uh, basically being attacked by you know ghosts. In the original, it happens to the entire family all at once. So, so the the parents they're not you know skeptics uh, early on like in the remake. No, and in, in fact, the uh, getting to the sort of differences in the the family, um, the the mother character especially is very aware of what's going on, and she finds it very interesting. Like she's not scared by the paranormal activity. Like she will. She plays shuffleboard with the daughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and I, I think that's you know I just have to agree with Coach there. Coming home and seeing this, I'd be freaked the hell out and. I, I like that interpretation of the character because it gives the original some, you know, originality. It, you know, the the mother is maybe more of her time. I think, like with the rest of the family, like we see early on in the film, and it's a scene that's sort of replicated in the remake, but they they change it just enough to to give you the the essence of what the culture is like. The parents are, you know, they're smoking pot and the, mm-hmm. the coming out of the seventies. And, you know, that's, that's probably in the, maybe going to school in the sixties, late sixties, like maybe that's just more of their time. Uh, and the, it's funny to watch the 2015 version that the parents are, they're not more straight laced because as we said, you know, Sam Rockwell is one of the, he's the father here. And I, I, I could just go on and on about how much I love Sam Rockwell. I think he pretty much carries the whole family dynamic just with, his, I don't even know if I want to say his performance. I just assume that it's just Sam Rockwell, just being Sam Rockwell, because it always feels like he's just going off script and just doing improv. But for the most part, their sort of flirtations in that scene. Uh, th- this is a couple that's under you know financial constraints, and they they have modern concerns, and I, I think it's it's much different than Coach reading a book on Reagan while he smokes pot with his wife. Like this, this couple is not financially successful like coach and family are. And I feel like the somatically, the original poltergeist was assigning more guilt maybe to, um, people who have made their, their money on, you know, the backs of previous American citizens almost. Cause that seems the, to be why this family is being, haunted in this particular location because it was a part of this man's job to develop this, this land. And he didn't ask any questions. He just, you know, he didn't care what the history of the land was that much. It's just, it was a good job. And that, that's being a little bit lecturing to that character. Cause I'm not expecting him to investigate every piece of land. Like, especially if his boss is lying to him and keeping stuff hidden from him. But the, you know, the remake version, they let this family know, but the family doesn't really have enough time to make any sort of moral decisions. As you said, as soon as they find out, they come home and it's, you know, pretty much hit the fan. You know, as soon as they have knowledge that this, there's something wrong with this house and that it's, uh, buried on, you know, a former gravesite, they pretty much are just reacting to their kids being attacked. They don't have time to really, uh, consider what to do about it. So I, I felt like the, the original was making more of a statement about, the uh, the family, maybe even America at that time period than the one is now. Because the one now seems like the middle class family has just been, over the last decade, has just been beaten down financially. And they don't have as many decisions to make because they, they don't have the ability to do so. Yeah, I, I just find it funny because Sam Rockwell's character, he's uh, he's been laid off, you know, mm. due to budget restraints. And... Uh, their their credit cards are all maxed. You know, we see the scene where he's um, trying to buy like a squirrel trap, and <laughs> third time's the, the charm. <laughs> exactly, the first two cards are declined, and and then uh, the, so the third one, um, you know, he was able to purchase the trap, and then he goes off to the uh, to the mall to buy things. Well, how do they even have enough credit to you know get a new house? I, I just I, I didn't hey, know man. where. That what? house, it's on, it's on, it's buried on a gravesite, man. It's, they just give it away. They just <laughs> anyone who's wanted to live there. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose you know they were getting a deal. I guess. I, I guess if you're looking to leave, you know, and there's a house available, I, I don't know. Um, I let's talk about Sam Rockwell's character. You, you said that it seemed like you know he was just Sam Rockwelling it up, but mm. I felt. I didn't feel like he wasn't, uh, I don't want to say he wasn't a good dad, but I didn't feel like he was dad. 
it, it, he seemed more like like a really cool uncle in this movie, uh, and that 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 is a comment that I did say in my uh, you know brief review on Hydrate Level Four is just yeah he just seemed more like an uncle because like his kids are genuinely concerned about things more so the the son and he just kind of waves things off you know um do you feel like the the mother brings that dynamic though cuz she i think there's that scene where he comes home i think it's after the credit card sequence where he's uh she's made them chicken nuggets and he's went ahead and ordered pizza and it's clear that he probably didn't really pay attention to what the dinner plans were wasn't listening because she was like, well, oh, you got pizza, but I already made chicken nuggets. And he's like, well, cool. We'll just have both. And then she immediately was like, why did you buy all this stuff? Like, where did you get the money? And he's like, oh, we should treat ourselves. So I felt like I felt like he was he was living in denial and he relied on his wife to sort of ground him in a way. And maybe the mm-hmm. kids maybe the kids just take after their their mom more or, or you could just be entirely correct. That's just what you get when you cast Sam Rockwell, that he's he's he can't help but just kind of play a charming kind of funny guy did you like rosemary um her portrayal of the, yeah. of the mom i i actually i really like her as an actress um and i've, I've seen her in uh, some different tv series and, and you know she was also on Mad Men for a brief time not she didn't have quite as prominent a role as uh, jared harris did but i i liked her i would say I didn't like the portrayal of the mother character as much as i did in the original because um, they give the cooler sort of, I guess, mom power or mom action hero moments to the, the son in this case, uh, who plays a much more prominent role. Like we, we mentioned that the mom was intrigued by the paranormal activity and was the one who was kind of discovering it and messing with it. Uh, in in this one, it is the, the son who, uh, he's had issues, uh, as far as, you know, he, he has a nightlight and he seems to be a very nervous individual. he, he seems to differ greatly from his sisters and that he doesn't really go with the flow and seems, he just seems like he's for a young man has a lot of concerns about the world. And so it's, it's a give and take. I didn't feel like they gave Rosemary DeWitt the cool stuff to play like they did Joe Beth Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also made the, the son character much more interesting than the one in the original who basically just is there just to scream and react to things. Yeah. And, and I don't. I'm not. Sure. Well, I, I kind of have an idea why they do that because they give the um, the remake boy. What's his character's name? Uh, you, you said it was like a. I know he was Actually, Kyle like, Griffin. <laughs> oh, Griffin is the 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 boy's name. Yeah. The, the Bowens. Okay, so I said the Griffins earlier were the the family. I like but, remake uh, boy myself. <laughs> remake boy. Oh, yeah, I, I like remake boy. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, they give him the motivation as to like what happened with the sister. You know that it was it was essentially his fault. You know, and that's why he's the one that you know tries to save her at the end. Whereas in the original, there's no motivation there. The you know the son just comes up with the idea, and they go with that. But I, I think transferring all the as you say the um, you know the action. What did you say? It? <laughs> the, action, you say it? the action hero moments. Whoever gets to right. go into the uh, the the bad closet, right? And and them taking that away from Rosemary's character, it, it actually made me not really like her. And also for some of his issues, I think they put the blame on her. Well, at least she puts the blame on herself because there was. Uh, I guess they mentioned um, there was a, uh, a time they were at the mall and she lost them for I don't know how long, mm. you know. And maybe that uh, made him as paranoid as he is because of, you know, the, um, the sense of being alone you right. know, in, in that big place. I, I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, it, it did make me like the, the boy more, uh, in the remake. Um, you know, he's fine in the original. I didn't have any problems, but I, I definitely liked the, the mom in the, uh, original much, much better. What about the, uh, the daughter character here? Because I, <laughs> before we started recording, we were kind of go over going over different points we want to bring up and differences and uh the 1982 version the daughter played by uh i think dunn i think was mm-hmm. the actress name uh um, right dominique dunn i think yeah um she she was really funny uh like she she's clearly the comedic relief as far as uh the children go and probably even more so than what like sam rockwell provided because she is a background character who is playing uh uh, kind of, I mean, she's playing a cliched teenager part. She's trying to get away with things. She wants to go out and party and 
you can tell she gets caught in like lies and there there's a, a reference to like them having to leave the house to go to like a certain hotel and she's like oh yeah i know that place and it's like you know there's just these little inferences you can make as far as her lifestyle and i'm i'm not judging at all here but uh the the daughter and the new one we were talking about off mic i was like uh so peter what uh what would you say she <laughs> like what traits did she have and we we were kind of struggling to come up with because it seemed like they they stripped all the comedic value out of the the older daughter character for the the new one did you like anything about what they did with her I didn't like anything about her. If she was my daughter, I she was I don't want to say very unlikable, but I didn't like her. Um and in the the original and the remake, the the oldest daughters, they are almost cliché versions of their time, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, uh, being the the older uh, sibling. And so I believe the Dominique Dunn um uh you know, the older sister in the original in the remake, you know, she's She's on her phone all the time, which, you know, yeah, they, they totally do that. And she's kind of rebellious, you know, like the way she talks to her parents. And, and you know, of course, Sam Rockwell, daddy has to get her a new phone when the, the old phone breaks. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's relevant to this time. You know, th- that happens. But um, Well, I, she's, she's mainly there just to bring in Jared Harris because she's she watches this reality show, like this sort of ghost hunter-like thing. And that's right. that's how they bring in... Uh, his version of the character, this sort of paranormal investigator, which I know both versions have, I guess these other people that come in first, but it's like, he, he, he's the big gun in this version, much like the, uh, <laughs> the very petite, uh, woman in the original was with the very strange voice. The Kerrigan character. I, I really enjoyed his, his character and I didn't like how, what is that older daughter's name anyway? It's the Kendra. She plays a, a Kendra. I wonder where they got that name from. Um, so Ke- Kendra, Peter's, she's Peter's <laughs> not a fan of the Kendra name. <laughs> <laughs> not her portrayal of uh, said Kendra. Um, but uh, Kendra here, she's a fangirl of this, you know, uh, haunting show, which people can be. And that kind of took me out because it just made me roll my eyes because it's, oh, here we go, another teen, you know, a reality show kind of mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I watch all types of reality shows. You know, I watch The Naked and Afraid. <laughs> you know, I watch The uh, Ghost Adventures. You know, there's no um, – I, I just like watching them, right? So – but I, I don't know if I'd geek out like her. You know, I, I guess some people could, but I felt that maybe they should have grounded it more because it, it was almost corny. You know, uh, having her kind of geek out, it, it's just, I don't know, it, the, her characterization, I just, I, I wasn't a fan of as she was of Kerrigan's character. But Kerrigan, um, you know, we, we find out that that there is a tie to the, the lead woman uh, investigator. Dr. Brooke Powell, played by Jane Adams in this version. Yes, I, I like her. I, I recognize her face. I, I can't you know, point her to anything right now, but uh, they have a history, you know, and then we, we find out that they had previously been married. And so she kind of knew who to call, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, uh, I'm glad it wasn't like, well, you know, I'm familiar with this ghost hunter because of his shows too. Let me call him. Right. So I, I kind of I like how they have the ties and how they have uh, their little, little banter later on and the explanation as to why they uh, divorced. So I, uh, I like that. But um, did you like the the Tangina character from the original? I really did, uh, and no knock against Jared Harris. I, I love me some some Mad Men, <clears throat> but uh, I, I have to go with Tangina. As far as <clears throat> this may be come across as insulting to this that actress, but it's like you know she just got a a strange look and a strange voice, and it just automatically gives her some. Cre- I don't know, like she's. She seems real to me that she would be, yes, that would be a paranormal investigator. And it just, her version of it just puts me on edge, the way she speaks to the family and the way she talks to the house. Whereas Jared Harris, and maybe it's because of my Mad Men love, he was a little too familiar to me. I was like, oh, Lane Price is here to save the day. With with her, I'm just like, I don't know who that is, but it's just like she's just totally of that story of poltergeist. And maybe I'm just speaking as someone who, you know, I was born in 1982. So I don't, I wasn't as familiar with what she was doing in Hollywood around that time. But yeah, I, I thought that the, the Jared Harris version lost, like a lot of the movie lost some of the mystique. Yeah. 
um, I didn't grow up watching Teen Witch, but that's the only other movie I know she's from. You, you know, and she mm-hmm. plays like a very, I don't want to say a similar character, but she's a witch in the other one, you know, mm-hmm. so it's really not too different. But, um, you know, and this is kind of funny because as long as the original has been out, you know, 82, I, I mean, I, that's a year longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know Coach was in this movie. And to, <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't think I knew anyone was in this movie. Um, and Tangina, uh, I know her, the actress is Zelda something. I said her last name earlier. I, um, rest in peace. But anyway, uh, I knew she was in some scary movie. I didn't know it was Poultry Guys. So, um, but I think I found out after I had watched the, the remake. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of nice. I, I wasn't really spoiled at all. And, and I, I didn't even know, uh, they're here was from this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, Surprisingly, that's how spoiler free I was from this from this movie, and another scene, uh, the whole tree thing, which I'm also frightened by trees more so. If um, well, no, not just a big random tree. Like okay. I, I, I can deal with that, but if if I'm at someone's house who is surrounded by a lot of trees, and you know, for example, the um, uh, Evil Dead. You know, oh, okay. I know, I know that's a cabin in the woods. But mm-hmm. if it was a house in in on a very big property with a bunch of trees, that's where I get frightened. You know, to go out uh, at night. You know, I, I'm not a smoker, but if I walked outside to smoke a cigarette, I wouldn't just because of all the trees. You know, <laughs> I I would never move into a house surrounded by trees on a big lot. Um, so I, I get that that scare. Do you feel like the uh the scares they brought, like was like the tree and stuff, the update version. Obviously, that's CG effects compared to practical effects. Did you, did, do you have a preference one way or the other? I like the original. I, I liked how they uh, really played up the you know the shadows and stuff mm-hmm. like that, uh, where like um, the parts of the tree kind of resembled a face. It right. is the way I, I took it. Oh, I, I remember where I was going, but the, the whole tree coming through the tree and stuff like that. I didn't know it was from this mm. and. The only other time I had seen it was uh, it that scene being parodied in the um, in the two thousand whatever scary movie by the oh, Wayne okay. brothers. So that happened there. So I was like, oh, okay, that's where they got this, and okay, that makes sense. Um, but the clown character, the, I, I thought that was going to be more of an actual character. Mm-hmm. Where um, the remake, uh, it's early on where he attacks remake boy, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, in the original, that attack doesn't come until later on in the movie, you know, like in the last 20 minutes or something. Um, it which was, was strange that they hung most of their, their advertising on that clown image. Like if you mm-hmm. go to like the poster or, you know, I checked into it like on Facebook and it's like that clown. It's like the icon you get. And I'm like, wow, they're really pushing the, the clown aspect. And I, I guess a lot of people are terrified of clowns, but um, – if I had not watched the original right before, I would have thought that the clown played a much bigger part in the original mm. than it, it just based on the remakes advertising. Well, that that kind of you know gets us. It's getting us to like sort of our kind of wrap up here, though. Um, do you think that the remake does justice to the original? For lack of a better word, uh, justice is, is the word I would use. Because I, it's it's not a remake where it ruined the original, you know, where where I'm just like, oh, this this remake is just crap, you know. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand why why they remade it, uh, but I do. I understand why they did it because the original was really good. But like I said, for lack of a better word, justice, because I don't I don't know what else word to use. But I I think it did a pretty decent job on maintaining a lot of you know the. Um, scenes and, and, and things from the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they play things a little bit differently. Uh, like one thing I, I, I really liked was in the original there's that scene where uh, in the kitchen the, the mom is in there with the, with the daughter um, and then they pan over to the, um, the dining table and then the, the chairs are stacked up mm-hmm. uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a stacked up fashion. In the kind of like a house of cards look. Yes, and that that'll bring me to the remake where you know the 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 remake boy he's walking around the house and uh, and then behind him there's a stack. Was it a deck of cards? 
It was well, uh, comic books. Com- comic books. His comic books were stacked up like the, the mm-hmm. deck of cards, and that was actually pretty frightening too. Um, so so there, you, you see some nods to the original, and I, I'm going to kind of compare this remake to the Evil Dead remake where you got like a lot of nods to the original and and I I actually enjoyed the remake of Evil Dead um and you know there's you know some major differences in that one as well as as is with this one um so I I, I do like it you know it wasn't a waste of my time but it wasn't as good as I hoped it, it would be cuz I think they kind of set it up early on like how creepy this movie could be and i think it just kind of lost me with all the cgi later on yeah the the need to push it into 3d um as i said i have a hard time calling it a mistake because i i like that they were trying to do something different from the original that they were like okay so the original never showed you what going into the the bad closet looked like so now we're going to show you you know, that's it's it's not like they're changing the story really they're just giving you more visual information uh, the the problem is for a horror film, I don't think what we actually saw was as horrifying as it should have been. Like the what I imagined in the original was scarier than what they showed me, which was like almost like a it looked like you were in like an amusement park, like you were just kind of floating from different scary site to scary site. Um, <coughs> I I I had no problem with the remake. Uh, I thought it was sort of an entertaining night at the movies. I'll. I'll give a little more inside baseball talk here. I watched this one and then immediately walked into Tomorrowland and did two straight movies that night. And given the previews for Tomorrowland and the fact that it was George Clooney and Brad Bird directing, I was shocked to walk out that night and find myself just being totally honest with myself that I enjoyed Poltergeist more than Tomorrowland. And I, you know, Tomorrowland was supposed to be this sort of strikingly original summer blockbuster. And so I'm not going to come out and hate on Poltergeist. I think it's a you know, fine matinee showing at the movies. Um, to your Evil Dead point, I do wonder if they would have been more successful taking the training wheels off of Poltergeist and making it an R-rated movie. If they really want to to amp up the horror and go go beyond what the original did. They're, in this way, they're kind of honoring the original, but I think it, that hinders them too. I think there's if by trying to stick so close to the original's tone as far as it being like a kind of a kids version of a horror movie, there really wasn't a lot they could do. Once they went in the bad closet, they really couldn't show anything that scary because it's still a PG-13 horror movie. Um I do wonder Peter and I guess this is kind of my last question to you, uh if kids were just watching the remake, would they understand why the original is so famous and so iconic or would they wonder why it was why why was you know poltergeist so famous back in the 80s i think i think the kids uh would still enjoy this movie and they can see why it, it was being remade because you know they didn't do too uh, too many things differently that will kind of ruin it or or try to be so different and i like the word that you used you know they kind of honored the original and i i think that's a perfect word to describe um, this remake, um, and I kind of like how they played up the the investigators a little bit more mm-hmm. in in the remake. You know, where they have that extremely tall kid who's who plays the um, <laughs> I wouldn't call him a skeptic, but he doesn't believe this family. He thinks that they're you know he's trying a jerk. To, he's a yeah. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that scene where uh, his arm gets pulled into the wall in the closet, and then mm-hmm. you got the drill coming out in his face. I really like that, and I. I can see how like uh, that would work with 3D, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't get that with his character in the original. Um, so there's some differences, and there, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what audience they're trying to appease because, like you said, the original is more for the kids. But also at that time, there were no PG-13 ratings, so maybe they were honoring the original too much by making this a PG-13. Mm. And I think it could have done really well rated r and made it actually scary and that's another thing too like how did you feel with the about the ending of the of the remake because it actually kind of left me a little upset because i was just like it was too happy and comical yeah i mean because the you know the original has a comical ending as far as the very last shot just removing the television from the hotel room and setting it outside like we're not coach says we're not gonna mess with that anymore um I felt like 
you know, this is one area where I thought that the remake would, would absolutely win hands down because you're getting to a point where the house not explodes, but implodes. It's sort of like, you know, sucks itself in and everything around it in the original. And I mean, it doesn't just disappear in thin air, but you just see its utter destruction of itself. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of reveal that in some of the trailers or TV spots, uh, which since it's a remake, I guess that's fine. But they reveal like the house, like kind of lighting up and like exploding. And um, I was, I was a little underwhelmed with the, the end there uh, because the, you know, the family gets sucked back in with their car and then they just kind of jump out the window because, you know, Jared Harris walks in and, I thought that they could have gone, they could have done something really interesting and crazy there, especially with modern technology. You could have made that, that last sequence with the house, uh, having this ultimate physical control over the family and everyone like on that property. And as you said, it was kind of done really quickly. It was over Mm -hmm. with in the blink of an eye. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like they, they used uh, modern filmmaking to their advantage there. Yeah. And maybe that's where I heard it, you know, being, 25-ish minutes mm-hmm. shorter. Um, it, it, just a little bit back to that, uh, the, the actual ending of the remake. The, when, when the family is with the realtor and they're looking at this house and they're like, oh, you know, we don't want this if there's more closet space and et cetera, et cetera. The only thing missing was when the realtor turned, the family was gone, was like a bunch of papers, you know, falling down. It, it, was, it was too comical. It was, it was very cartoony for me. That's Do you think they were, trying like to, they were trying to mirror the 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 just the last shot with the with coach put, rolling the TV out of the hotel room because that that works so much better. It's so, so much cleaner and it's just like it's the like one gag and you totally get it, right? Because because this you, you're just like like I say you're missing some kind of you know cartoony <laughs> sound effect of uh, the family just zoom, you, you know and then and then all of a sudden you, you see them driving in the car already and they're kind of laughing like yeah we're not going to do this again but yeah it, the I can see them trying to honor the original but yeah they just played it up way too much and uh something simple could have been a little bit more satisfying but i walked out of there and go i hated that ending (laughs) um but now just think about i I wouldn't say i think it hates a pretty strong word i mean it really isn't that bad but it was just a little too comical for my taste um which i don't know if i even have a taste i uh but i didn't like it um yeah i think this is just a case where uh I would be very curious to see anyone picking the remake over the original because uh, it's kind of, as we talked about, it doesn't go that far beyond the original. Uh, it doesn't stray too far. And what it adds, I don't really think adds, it doesn't add up to being a scarier movie. And as you said, it doesn't add up to being a funnier movie. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that as a huge Sam Rockwell fan. And so uh, that that's, you know, Sam Rockwell, if you could put him in the original over coach, uh, you may have a perfect movie uh, for me because that that was pretty much what I gravitated towards with the remake was I just got a chance to see Sam Rockwell on the big screen, um, but yeah I, th- I think this was an easy one after watching it to to say that this is clearly if you're going to watch one and do your desert island thing where you can only have one DVD one Blu-ray you take the original. Absolutely, I, I agree with that. It, maybe they could have done something completely different and have Sam Rockwell and uh, Jared Harris be like a like a buddy. Ghost Adventure. Oh, oh <laughs> that's already better. <laughs> and their and their sidekick remake boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, with a cape of some sort. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess hands down the original. The original wins this time. Yep, and uh, I don't know. I, I, we still haven't worked out an ending yet. So, um, are we just sticking with the bye? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're just going to uh, wing it, like, um, uh, we're gone, you know, so, <laughs> something like that. Or I, I think I think it will just be funny that if we don't ever come up with the ending and we just try to figure out how to end every episode. So I, I think we just stick with that. Well, we've got, we've got to end it this morning because you've got you've to get to work and got to uh, take your co-host from Hydrate Level 4, which maybe that's how I'll end it. I'm just going to stick a Hydrate Level 4 promo and uh, you all can listen to that as we, we sort of close this episode out. Sounds good. Uh, far- farewell, all. <laughs> <laughs> Go download Hydrate know. Level 4 and all 150 episodes of War Machine vs. War Horse. Yeah, and then email in and, and, and rate and review <laughs> on iTunes and stuff, too. Follow us on Twitter, at Original Remake, at War Machine Horse, at HLF Podcasts. Have I pimped and, everything? And subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> hey, podcast listeners, we're from the Hydrate Level 4 podcast. That's muffful. Hey, stick to the script. I'm Peter, the dad. And I'm Phoenix, the awesome son, the coolest teenager, the... The kid who talks too much. Hey. We review movies that I grew up watching, and Phoenix gives his insights on whether these movies still hold up for his generation. We've done the original Robocop. Better alive, you're coming with me. Spaceballs. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. Wedding singer. It could be so nice growing old with you. And more recently, Mrs. Doubtfire. Daniel? Yeah? Why in God's name are you dressed like a woman? And once in a while, we'll do a new release if Phoenix wants to. You can check out our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. We hope to see you there. Again, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And we're Hydrate Level 4. <laughs> All right, man. It's good talking to you. And uh, next time, we're going to go back to the Haunted House. We're going to go to the, the Haunting remakes. Is that what's on the agenda? Yeah, I love me some Owen Wilson, says nobody. Oh, man. That's going to look really bad compared to Sam Rockwell. Well, you, you know, maybe we'll get some ass-kicking and kidnapping with uh, Liam Neeson being in the movie. I uh, I doubt it, <laughs> and, and maybe because we already recorded that one, <laughs> yeah, perhaps allegedly. <laughs> All right, man. I'll, I'll let you get to the rest of your day. That, that was fun. Okay. Though. All right. I'll talk to you later. Later. <laughs>